Fantasy Football Sensei Podcast with your host, Trevor Scott. Getting the podcast out a little earlier this week. Love it. Monday afternoon here, and let's get into the intro. Start with some news. I'm going to add a segment here called Mega Duds. Um, we're going to look at roster idiots, could do the studs and duds recap, and have a week 15 recap. So the first bit of news, um, I am going to shake it up a little bit. I, I want to give you guys more time to listen, potentially. So I'm going to put it out on Monday and Tuesday instead of Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so that's going to lead to a little bit different analysis just because there's still matchups still out there. But I think it'll be better, and I think you guys will have a better chance of actually being able to listen to it on time if I do do it this way. Um, also, we're getting into the playoff leagues, so I'm getting that set up. I'll send you guys messages about that. I'm thinking just uh, we'll do seven people in, in a league, $10 buy-in. Um, first will get 40, second will get 20, third will get 10. I'm going to do that across all the playoff leagues I'm running, so, um, so it keeps it easy, simple. So um, I'll follow up with you guys each on that news. Um, Pittman on Saturday night got ejected. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I didn't think he should have been ejected, really. I mean, he instigated it, but the other guy really retaliated, ripped his helmet off, threw a punch, um, but then they ended up both getting ejected. So I don't know what Pittman said to get under his skin, but that was at, at least added a little entertainment value to an otherwise terribly boring game. And this week was just, we're, we're adding the Mega Dead segment later in the show just because it was such a bad week for very good, very good players all the way around. So we'll get into that. And Pittman was part of that just sea of players who just played so poorly to open up the playoffs. But we're going to jump into the injuries before we get into that. So starting at the quarterback position, Teddy Bridgewater had a really nasty injury. He was carted off with a head and neck injury. Um, really ugly. Definitely prayers up to him. Um, I think he is in good spirits. He was trying to uh, get into the good graces, potentially try and play again this week. But they are going to go with Drew Locke. We got news of that this morning. Um, so Bridgewater may be in week 17 as the Broncos continue to push for a playoff spot. And then we also heard this morning that Daniel Jones will be out for the season. He's got that neck injury he's been dealing with, and the Giants just decided to shut him down. Um, I know Jake Fromm ended up replacing Mike Glennon, so we'll see who they end up going with as a starter moving forward. But Daniel Jones, we for sure know, will be out. Um, Leonard Fournette got banged up last night. Um, he's expected to miss a game or two, so it could be the Ronald Jones show here for the next couple weeks. Um, that role has been extremely valuable for fantasy, and with the injuries to the wide receivers that we'll get into in a little bit, um, I do think that Ronald Jones does have a potential uh, boom game here coming up. And Mixon got knocked out of the game in the fourth quarter, but he returned. We did get news that it was an ankle injury, so I think he'll ultimately be okay. Um, I think he, we'll, we'll keep an eye on his practice reports, but I think he's going to be fine. Um, and then getting into the wide receivers, Sterling Shepard tore his Achilles, so he's out for the season. That's a nasty injury too, so we'll see going into next, next season how he's doing. Um, in, in training camp and as the, we build up towards the season, but I wouldn't anticipate that he's going to start next season either. Um, we got news this morning that Godwin actually tore his ACL um, and is going to be out for the season. That is a huge, huge loss for the Buccaneers, um, especially after they reported it was just an MCL injury yesterday. So unfortunately, no more Godwin for the rest of the year. Um, definitely a really fun player to, 
to have. AB is coming back, so hopefully that he's able to step up into that position, you know, and provide a lot of value, and hopefully they're able to cover for Godwin. Uh, but that's a huge injury, such a bummer for him. Um, Keenan Allen was knocked out of the game briefly on Thursday night, uh, but he came back in. He had an awesome game. Um, and then Mike Evans had a hamstring injury. He's week to week. Uh, he's got a chance to play next weekend, so keep an eye on him. But as as they look to lock up the division here, they're they're going to have him for the playoffs, which is the important part of the the season for them at this point. And then Marquise Brown was banged up. Um, they said he was down on the field for a little bit, but then he ended up coming back in. He had a super weird game. Um, didn't didn't have like a dud or anything, but he had 10 receptions for like 43 or 44 yards. Just a really bizarre game there. Um, wasn't able to break a big play, which had been kind of Green Bay's tendency was to give up big plays the last couple weeks. So he, he wasn't able to break loose for one. But Huntley had a great game, and Mark Andrews had a great game. So I think that kind of played into Marquise Brown just uh, being that short area safety valve target and they let they let Andrews handle more of the the downfield passing game and then Nelson Aguilar had a head injury on Saturday night um, I, I don't know if it was a concussion or not it just said head injury so I'm guessing it's a concussion but we'll see as we get more information on that um, Sammy Watkins missed the game with COVID that was a name that we hadn't heard before uh, Sunday morning, so I did want to bring that up now. And then we did get news uh, earlier today that Will Fuller is going to be out for the rest of the season after having a setback in his rehab. Um, kind of a lost season for him, really a bummer that we didn't see him ever take the field, um, especially with Parker and Waddle. It really seemed like they could have a good complement of weapons for Tua, um, but we won't see Fuller this year. Maybe we get him back next year healthy for, for a few games anyways. Going into tight ends, we, we did see Donald Parham on Thursday night football with that super scary injury. He he went down. He wasn't even hit or anything, um, but they, they had a head and neck injury. He, he was um, mobilized, was taken to the hospital overnight, um, and he's in good spirits. So concussion was, was sustained, but I don't think he's going to play this week. Um, but maybe moving forward, he is able to get back out there for the Chargers. And then Pat Fryermuth suffered another concussion. This is his second one in a month. So I think they are potentially going to think about shutting him down for the year. We'll see. I, I guess he's at least going to miss this game. Um, and then if they, if they do win or make some sort of playoff push without him, maybe they do bring him back uh, towards the end of the year. Um, and then we'll look at the uh, rest of the injuries, deeper into the injuries tomorrow as well. So we'll have a bunch more info for that tomorrow. So getting into the new segment, Mega Duds, um, I'm just going to go through, I'm just going to rattle off all of the players and their point totals just because it was astonishing how bad a lot of the players were this week. Um, so starting with top-end players, the quarterbacks, Brady had four points. That was super disappointing. Dak with 10, Kyler with 12. Um, the running backs, Najee had three points, just a huge dud. Saquon was seven. I, I know he hasn't been great, but seven from, from somebody of his stature still isn't great. James Conner had eight. And you might say, oh, that's a decent score. But he was playing Detroit, and it was Edmonds' first game back. And he only had like nine touches and just only eight points is just so low for what we expected from him. Um, Joe Mixon with six points. He played almost the entire game. I know he, he got banged up at the end, but only six points. He just fell off a cliff the last three weeks of the season uh, here. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. He's been so bad. 
Um, Cordero Patterson had three points. That was terrible because he had so many almost touchdowns. The Falcons got stopped by the 49ers three different times in goal-to-go situations on downs. They went for it on fourth down and just didn't get in, and Patterson had a touchdown called back. He had a bunch of carries down there and just wasn't able to score at all, so that was a huge letdown. Um, thankfully for Craig, that didn't matter, but it was still somebody that was that was a dud. And Alvin Kamara, finally, to wrap up the running backs here, only had four points. And similarly to Patterson, Hamza didn't need him this week, so that's okay, but that game was just very boring, very low scoring. They did get the win, so um, I'm sure he's not concerned about his his stats or whatever. But um, that was super disappointing, and hopefully for Hamza's sake, that doesn't continue moving into next week. Um, for the wide receivers, we had Ceedee Lamb, who had eight points. Um, I mean, they were in a smash spot against the Giants here, and pr- pretty much all of. Dallas just laid down but yeah getting getting only eight points I was predicting a huge game from him and he definitely didn't live up to the hype and then a couple of one point stinkers from wide receivers Mike Evans um, he got banged up he left with a hamstring injury but still only one point is super hard to stomach for Jared and Chase only had one point Jamar Chase only had one point for Matt um, which is really really difficult to stomach too Matt's gonna end up overcoming it I think but that was not a good performance for him um, after having a huge week last week. And then finally, again, this is a player that, for as a tight end, that doesn't really matter for the playoff situation this week because it's on Craig's team, but Gronk only had three points. Um, you would think if you lost your three main weapons in the passing game that Gronk would have got more work but he maybe just started seeing more coverage or something and and they weren't able to get him the ball. Um, Or maybe it was just Brady had an abysmal game. I don't know what it is, but moving forward, if if Evans does go this week and they get A.B. back, maybe Gronk has a little bit more room to operate and they get him going with some higher, uh, higher volume. So going into average players now, for the quarterbacks, we've got Ryan Tannehill, who only had nine points. Um, That's obviously disappointing in its own right, but he did that with a rushing touchdown. So he only had three points from the rest of his passing the whole game. Um, he had a, he had a pick, no other touchdowns, only 150 yards, uh, lost a fumble. I mean, he just he played terribly, um, and really they should have been able to win the game even at the end of the game despite that. And and they just couldn't get the ball into the end zone against the Steelers. So um, they took a loss there and kept the Steelers alive in the wild card race. And then Carson Wentz only had five points. Um, This one wasn't because he was playing bad. This one was because he only threw 12 passes. Um, Jonathan Taylor was just going nuts. Uh, They got up big early, and the New England Patriots just had no answer for Jonathan Taylor, 170 yards and a touchdown again. Um, And again, just hammering home the point that he's going to be the first overall pick next year. And then uh, at running back, Melvin Gordon. Only had six points. Um, that was a stud that I picked from from Stevie Moe's team, and he just didn't get it going. I mean, not uh, Javante had ten points, so they just really didn't have to run a ton. Um, the game was low scoring and close, very defensive game that the Bengals ultimately ended up pulling out over the Broncos. But uh, it was definitely disappointing to see Gordon only would get six points. Um, Chase Edmonds had five points. That was his first game back, so maybe I should have given him a little, more, little bit more leeway here. But, I mean, no, it was basically just all rushing. He didn't really get that involved in the passing game, which is why he was a disappointment. Um, Chuba Hubbard only had four points. Um, despite me calling this one, I'm still going to add him on here just because 
Um, that was pretty disappointing. And Miles Gaskin had five, again, on Homs' team, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, wide receivers that were for the average player section were T. Higgins with three, Amari Cooper with one, Chase Claypool with one, and Michael Pittman with one. Um, we talked about Pittman at the top of the show getting ejected, so um, it's not like he would have had a big game anyways because they only threw 12 passes. Claypool I had listed as a stud, and he only got one point, played the whole game. Um, Low-scoring game. It was weird. I thought that they were going to be able to put up some points on Tennessee. Um, but that just didn't work out. Um, Amari Cooper was inexplicable. Two catches for eight yards. I just, I mean, I know Dalton Schultz had a big game, and CeeDee Lamb, I guess, was the bigger target. But to only throw the ball to him a few times and only get him eight yards seems crazy to me. And then getting into the lower-end starters, um, no quarterbacks really busted that were lower-end starters. Um, but running backs, we had Ramondre Stevenson, who only had four points despite playing without Damian Harris. Um, and then Daryl Williams only had one point, so that was tough for Stevie Moe after having back-to-back -back weeks where, where he had respectable totals. Um, and then wide receivers, sticking with Stevie Moe's team, he had Bateman only get him one point. Um, he had a 100-yard game last week and then comes back and only gets one point. Um, I don't know if that's Tyler Huntley, but Bateman had the 100-yard game with Huntley, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, Gallup only had four points. He's been really solid, um, but with the full complement of weapons back, I don't know, maybe, and, and with Dalton Schultz kind of having a stout out, standout game, that left Gallup with less work. Um, and Jerry Judy had put up a goose egg, zero points for Matt this week. Just, I don't know what happened to him in this offense. I think he's pretty droppable at this point. I mean, Matt's not going to drop him because I think he's getting out of the sacko this week, but just... He just has been so bad. It's been really, really bizarre. Um, and then Gavin uh, with Brandon Ayuk having only four points. I know that's got to be disappointing. Debo had a bigger, a much bigger role in the passing offense this week. He had four catches for 60 yards on top of the rushing work that he got, six carries, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so Ayuk kind of took a back seat and only had a couple catches. Um, and then at kicker, Obviously, with Tampa Bay getting uh, shut out, Ryan Suckup ended up with zero points for Tyler. So that's going to end up hurting him and push him into the finals of the Sacco Bowl. So that's it for that section. Um, I hope that was that was entertaining. I hope that was like a good amount of information in a short amount of time, trying to get you as many duds as possible, just to highlight how incredibly bad this week was. It was just. It was brutal to watch. I mean, the games weren't even that good. Um, so hopefully we get some, some better games over tonight and tomorrow. And next week we get some higher point totals. So let's roll into roster idiots now. Um, this was pretty funny because um, we had the top five teams all clear and the bottom five teams all had at least one issue. So um, I also decided to stop calling out having multiple kickers and multiple defenses. Um, if that's what you guys want to do, that's what you guys want to do. And that's not really um, due to having players that are out or anything. Um, so here we go. So the teams that were clear were Hamza, Craig. Um, I kind of just gave them the all clear because they weren't playing. So who cares? Hamza benches his whole team, you know, type of thing. Didn't want to see that atrocious total he would have put up otherwise. Um, but he will get passed in total points. I think it continues to, to add up even though they're out. So we'll see after this week is fully scored. Um, and then Mike, myself, and Jared um, all were safe. 
Um, congrats, Jared. You got up. You got up onto the all clear. Um, he he tried to start swift, but got him out of his lineup at 9:59. So that was uh, that was. I know he was like, "Oh crap! I got to get my lineup set." So um, that was good. Good on Jared to get that done. Um, Jordan had Waller, who was out, left on his bench. I've been kind of saying he's got some guys on his IR that are out um, for the season, even though all four spots are filled. So he could have got Waller onto his IR. Gavin just had a mess of a bench. I mean, Mayfield, Hunt, and Waddle all were on the COVID list. Ty Johnson was out, um, and all four of those guys were on his bench. And he did have one open IR spot, um, but the other the other three are being taken by players that he does want to hang on to. Um, and also, he it's not like he needs his bench at this point. He was hoping to win this week, which I think he's going to do. And so his season will be over after this week. For Matt, he rolled just with two empty bench spots. Um, he put Hop on his IR despite him being out for the year, so he's pretty safe to drop. I know he's got open spots, but you know if guys are out for the year, it's safe to drop them. Um, but the two empty bench spots was up from the one last week. Um, with Stevie Mo, he's got uh, J.D. McKissick and Zach Moss who were out, but still on his bench despite having two open IR spots for them. And Tyler, who's been very diligent, I know he's really tried to not make this segment, but he did this week because he had an open bench spot. Um, he put somebody in IR. Um, uh, I believe it was Lamar Jackson into IR and didn't add anybody uh, accordingly. I think he had dropped Davis Mills to pick up Tyler Huntley. And then when Lamar got declared out, he just put him in his IR spot. All right, so that wraps that up. Let's go into studs and duds recap now. So when I was thinking about it this week, I was like, oh, man, I'm hitting on a lot of these players. And then I went back and looked, and I had some really bad misses. So I was 4-3, and three, um, and it's pending Nick Chubb. So hopefully he gets a, a W, or I get a W on him for being a stud this week. Um, and my biggest win was calling Fournette a dud. Um, my, my point that I made was that he'd been so good and his projection was 16 and I didn't think he was going to score and I thought he was going to get more like 10 points and he did get 10 points. Um, I, I know he got hurt, so he probably would have exceeded that, but I'll take the win on, on the 10 point call. And then my biggest loss for sure was Chase Claypool, um, being a stud. I, I took a little bit of a swing on that and he only got one point which is just terrible. I mean, only one catch for seven yards and a carry for a couple of yards. It was just not a, not a good performance by him at all, despite them winning even too. So they, they were able to get the W despite Claypool having a bad game. And now for the week 15 recaps. So at the top of the show, I mentioned that this is going to be a little different just because the, the um, matchups aren't complete, but we will revisit it in the next one and make sure we get these um, these also resolved, but it looks most of them look like they're pretty much done. I know I know Mike and Jordan is, is pretty much the the closest one, and the rest of them look like they're pretty well in hand. Um, so starting off with the playoff bracket, so I'll start off with the matchup between myself and Jared. Um, according to Sleeper, it looks like this one's over, but there are a lot of players still left to play between both of our teams. Um, so for Jared, he had Edmonds get into his lineup right before kickoff. So we were hoping that was going to be a big game, or I'm sure he was hoping that was going to be a big game. Um, but he only ended up with five points, even against Detroit. Um, just Arizona getting inexplicably blown out. That was just uh, makes them definitely look like pretenders now. I mean, it just seems crazy that that uh, the whole offense just kind of laid down. And including the running game, I mean, they, they didn't even really try that much. It, they were down so big, they just had to throw. 
Um, and obviously sticking with Arizona, Jared also has Kyler, who is horrible, got a garbage time touchdown. So that, that boosted him into the double digits. But, um, you know, only getting 12 from somebody who you're expecting a big total from is, is very tough in terms of trying to run your score up. Um, and then Evans went out with a hamstring injury for Jared um, and only had one catch. Um, he always has a tough time against Lattimore anyways, so I don't know that he was in line for a big game or anything like that, but it is tough that he went out so early. Um, and then for rolling into the next two days, he still has Metcalf, Renfro, Jacobs, and Wilson. I'll say that again. DK Metcalf, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, and Russell Wilson. Um, so he could get massive totals from those four. I mean, those four have been four of his best players um, over the last couple of weeks. Well, maybe not Metcalf, but Metcalf might be playing without Lockett this week, so he could be back to his old self here. Um, and then on my end of the matchup, I had an excellent day from Brandon Cooks, over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but that was basically my only bright spot. I, I mean, my defense did okay, but thankfully Cooks kind of carried me because Najee had a dud with only three points. Godwin was a dud with only seven points. Lamb dud with eight points. Um, so those those guys just didn't didn't step up for me this week, but thankfully Cooks kind of picked up the slack there. Um, and then I still have Cousins, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, Jalen Hurts, and Daniel Carlson all still left to play over these next two days, and I still have a 20-point lead as well on Jared. So hopefully that'll lend itself to me being able to secure this matchup uh, by Tuesday night. Um, and then if this holds, so then I'll have to sit and wait to see between Mike and Jordan to figure out who I'll be playing because um, depending on uh, the way it's set up is that the lower seed plays the highest seed, so Jordan being the sixth seed, if he wins, would get Hamza. So getting into the matchup between Mike and Jordan, this one is very close, and the matchup swung a lot last night because of Brady. So for Mike, it looked like he was pretty much a lock to win, but then only getting four points from Brady really sunk his uh, sunk his projection and really got Jordan right back into this matchup. Um, he got those huge games on Thursday night from Keenan Allen and Travis Kelsey, but then just got really caught up in this Sunday Sunday garbage. I mean, the, all of these bad bad games just kind of got to him too. I mean, he he only had Debo end up getting double digits from the rest of his uh, lineup, and uh, he still has Daryl Henderson and. Greg Joseph to go, and he does have a 45-point lead. So he is still in a very good spot to win, but Jordan now has a much better chance of getting back into it. Um, so he had some better luck on Sunday. He had Aaron Rodgers score 13 and the Cowboys defense score 14. Um, the rest of his team didn't do great because he did have three duds from the mega duds section with Barkley, T. Higgins, and Amari Cooper all combining for 12 points. Um, you know, I mean, each one of them could have scored 12 points. So for, to have them combine for that is, is really tough. Um, but in order for him to get back in, he's got to have big nights from Nick Chubb, Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, and Derek Carr. So uh, he needs to be able to cover that 45-point lead plus whatever Henderson and Joseph score in order to close in on Mike. Um, so the matchups then could be, like I mentioned, if Jordan is able to pull it out, he'll get Hamza and I'll get Craig. And if Mike able, is able to hold him off, then Mike will get Craig and I'll get Hamza. So we'll see how, how those play out over the next couple week, uh, next couple days. But definitely excited to get week 16 underway in the, in the playoff bracket. And then to wrap it up, we got the Sacco analysis here. I'll try and keep this one pretty short. 
Um, this one went off pretty much how we expected it to. Um, there wasn't really anything crazy that happened, so we'll start with Gavin and Tyler. Um, Gavin had a solid week. He had James Robinson bounce back without Urban Meyer. Not a shock there at all. Like Got into the end zone, 16 points, just had a great week. Um, Russell Gage stayed really hot. He had a touchdown over 90 yards again. Uh, Mark Andrews obviously went nuclear. I mean, two touchdowns, 10 receptions, over 100 yards. He was unreal. Um, and so he's got a comfortable 38-point lead, and he's still got Odell and Matt Gay left to play. Um, and so on Tyler's side of the matchup, he had an awesome performance from, from Huntley. That was a great pickup. Um, and then had a solid performance from Zeke, who got into the end zone. Um, but then just unfortunately had just so many duds, the three duds from above as well, with Chuba Hubbard, Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Suckup. Just not a good week um, from those guys. And he still has Tyler Conklin, Darnell Mooney, K.J. Osborne, and Van Jefferson to play. So he still does have four guys in play. But he's chasing 38 points, and Gavin still has a couple guys to play. So um, we'll follow up on this tomorrow because this one on sleepers, projections, or whatever the percentages say it's over. But this one's actually a little bit closer than the other matchups, in my opinion. Um, and so getting into the final matchup of the week is Stevie Moe and Matt. Uh, Matt is going to have a solid total, despite his mega duds, too. I mean, Chase with 0.8, Judy with 0, Fournette with 10. Um, so those ones are definitely going to pull his total down, but he's still going to end up with a decent score. Mahomes went off to set the stage on Thursday Night Football, so he got 30 from Mahomes. That definitely helps. And then Jeff Wilson kind of picked up the slack for those other three guys with 18. He went over 100 yards rushing. He had a couple catches and a touchdown as well. Great week from Jeff Wilson. So that's great to see with Elijah Mitchell out and kind of having not been very explosive on on his end so far. So he could be um, a good replacement for Elijah Mitchell in the meantime. Uh, and then Matt still has Matt Stafford, Antonio Gibson, and the Philly defense to cover 14 points. So pending injury, he should be able to get that relatively easily. And Stevie Moe just didn't have a good week this week. After putting up 150 last week, he only had Kirk, Ertz, and the Cincinnati defense go over their projections. So just overall a tough week. And then he had these four players, Bateman, Williams, Daryl Williams, Melvin Gordon, and Michael Gallup combined for 13 points. So just really, really a low total from those guys. Too many duds to make a run at Matt this week, who also had some duds. So this was potentially the week to to beat Matt, but unfortunately just didn't didn't come true here. Um, so we're looking, if this holds, we're looking at Stevie Moe and Tyler next week for the Sackos. So um, good luck to you guys next week, and we will preview that in, next week, uh, in tomorrow's podcast. All right, thanks for listening. This one's a little bit shorter, so hopefully you guys are able to, to listen to this one earlier in the week and appreciate continued support. And uh, all right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.